Welcome back, my spooky bitches. It's the spooky rip jean mom, Peyton. How are you guys today? I had my 36-week checkup and everything's going great, which is awesome. I'm recording again while Paisley's taking a nap and I thought I heard her door open. I got kind of concerned, I'm not gonna lie. Um... Other than that, nothing really since the last time I talked to you guys has been going on. We got a couch that turns into a futon for our... I'm going to sound weird when I say this. We call it our second living room. Our downstairs is mapped out really weird. Like, when you first walk into our front door, you can either go upstairs or you turn to the right. And it's our main living room. But then our dining room is so big that you have like a dining room section but then you have this area that's just wonky so we kind of made it like the kids play area and since we only have a three-bedroom house um and the military does not allow your kids to share a room we kind of don't have a guest room anymore so when Colby gets bigger him and Paisley will share a room and then or not share a room but when people come to visit Colby will sleep in there um and then we have like a pop-up guest bed, but then if my if my family comes, my little brother doesn't have a bed. So the couch also pulls out into a futon so he can sleep down there as well. Um, so yeah, we got that and I'm looking for a nugget couch because my friend found one. I'm so jealous. The, literally, the house across the street was getting rid of two of them for free. And she saw them. And I didn't. But she grabbed both of them. And Paisley went over there and played with her daughter and loved it. And out here in Nevada, it's, I kind of, I say it's like Indiana weather. Like, it was 60 degrees on Monday. And today it's 38. And yesterday evening, it snowed. Um, so it's like it's wonky it's midwest weather that's all i can say and you're probably like peyton you're in a desert yeah yep i know it thought it would be warmer too um but it's not until the summertime and then it's really really hot so i um so i've been looking at those but nuggets if you just get a basic nugget not one that's like a cool collab just a basic gray colored nugget it's $250. I'd even spend that on the futon I just got. There's no way I'm spending that on this for a kid. It's going to get stained. It's going to turn into a mess. And if you don't have kids or you don't know what a nugget is, it's basically this couch. You know when you were a kid and you had like play mats that unfolded and you rolled on them or they stacked like if you did gymnastics it's like that but soft and kids can sit on them like a couch or you can kind of make a four out of them or do all sorts of things so they can tumble and when paisley went over and played on our friend's nugget or knockoff nugget i can't i don't know which one it is she loved it and because it gets so cold here it's hard to play outside and she just gets all this like energy so i figured like this would be a great way if it's too hot to go outside one day or it's too cold like right now and or it snows, she can just tumble on it. And I'm not paying $250 for a couch for a kid. No. So I am looking for a knockoff one. They have some on Amazon, 
for less than 150 but the shipping is $40. And I don't really want to pay that either. So I'm seeing if anyone in my neighborhood is like getting rid of theirs because I'd much rather get it secondhand and pay way less and cheap like that. Um, but other than that, I'll stop talking about my life. Just thought I'd catch you guys up. Um, today we are in Louisiana and we are talking about Samuel Little. Um, right off the bat, he is known not only as like Louisiana's more most prolif- prolific serial killer, but he's also known as America's most prolific serial killer. And there, there really is not a whole lot known about his childhood. Um, I did watch a documentary on, I think it was Amazon Prime, called 93 Victims, something like that. Um, so I'll link that in the show notes, or at least, like, put it in there. Um, I also got some just basic information from articles and online, um, and I just want to put out there that sometimes media doesn't cover or they don't say exactly what it is. Um, so if you ever, like, fact-checking me and you're like, no, girl, that didn't happen. This article said it did, but it didn't. That's because media sucks. Also, I may have to pause because I think my mailman just showed up, which is great. I got Paisley new kids jewelry because she's been loving my bracelets. However, if it's the girl mail lady, mail person, she does not knock. She just puts the packages down at your door and leaves. The man knocks and he waits there for like three minutes and then he walks away, but it causes my dogs to bark. So, anyway, back to Samuel Little. Um, I do want to let give you guys a trigger warning, which should be a trigger warning for all my episodes at this point. But we are going to talk about um, armed robbery, rape, and sexual assault. And obviously murder. So, this is just like, hey, I don't... I truly don't think, and what looking at my notes, I go in to great detail about like how he rapes these women and things like that. So that should be okay. Um, but like I said earlier, there's not a lot about his early life. Like a lot of these things are what he has told us. Nothing really has been confirmed. So, he was born June 7th of 1940 in Reynolds, Georgia. He's a Gemini. Oh, another thing that I want to point out. I know last episode I was like, it was really hard finding, you know, someone that hasn't killed in a ton of states. So, Samuel Little killed in Louisiana and he also did crime and murdered in other states as well. Um, But... I figured I wanted to cover him now because the other states have other people that I really want to cover. Um, so he's going for Louisiana. I just want to give that a pre-warning. Okay, okay. So born. He was born June 7th, 1940 in Reynolds, Georgia. He's in Gemini. His mom... Well, okay, so his dad's unknown. According to some sources. In others, which I also listened to a podcast... Another 
resource said that his that he knew his dad um one resource said that his mom was a teen sex worker uh and he kind of gave a couple different situations that went on these were the three main things that was said about his childhood his mom gave birth and then left him on the side of the road which somehow he made it back to his maternal grandma so his mom's mom Another one was that his mom was in prison when she had him, and then Samuel was given to his grandma. Um, the other thing was that he moved to Lorraine, Ohio with his mom and dad for his dad's job, but he was still raised by his grandma. Um, I don't know what would have happened to his dad because he said his dad was unknown. But what I do know is he did move to Lorraine. Ohio with his grandma and he spent most of his childhood there so I do know he's raised by his grandma and that he lived in Lorraine Ohio um he went to Hawthorne Junior High which teachers and students said he had problems with discipline and achievement and as a teen he was arrested for stealing in Ohio then in 1956 when he was about 15 or 16 some for some reason he was in Omaha Nebraska I don't know how he got there but he was arrested for breaking and entering into a home, and he was held in a juvenile institution. Then, in the late 20s, he moved to Florida to live with his biological mom, and he worked in a cemetery. And according to him, he was an ambulance attendant, but we, like I, and none of the sources that I've read and listened to, could find where that was actually true. And... Then, he also, sorry, I was, like, trying to gather my thoughts. Um, he never blamed his childhood or his grandma for anything that he did. So, I guess that's a plus. He did, um, from what people said, began traveling more widely and then ended up having more run-ins with the law. Now, during all this time, he did have a long-term girlfriend named Jane who supported him through his petty crimes and she has passed away so there wasn't too much from what she could tell anybody about anything that happened um his crime started in eight states and the list included duis fraud shoplifting solicitation armed drive armed robbery aggravated assault and rape now while he was in prison for these he took up boxing and in 1961 he was sentenced to three years for breaking into a furniture store back in lorraine idaho in 1975 he had been arrested 26 times in 11 different states and the list that i just read to you all those reasons but then he added um, attacks on government officials. So that's fun. <laughs> Don't know why. Don't know why at all. And now in 1982, we're going to get into his murders. Um, so just a heads up, one of four one, this is your trigger warning that rape and sexual, um, aggravated assault will be popping up. Okay, will be talked about. So September 1982, Melinda Rose Laprier, Laprier, 
uh, went missing. She was only 22 years old, which is three years younger than me, which is wild to think about because I feel like when I started this podcast, which has been over a year and a half, um, not consistently, um, I, I was 23 when I started this podcast. Or was I 24? I was almost 24. I was almost 24. So it's wild that these girls, like, she was younger than what I was when I started this podcast. Um, She was a runaway, and she spent most of her time smoking pot and doing some sort of cocaine. Like, snorting it. Yeah. Um, And sadly, her boyfriend would pimp her out for money. So, we love that. So, when they found Mindy, her brother, Bob LaPree, had said, Mindy came from a loving family, but she just had really some unfortunate turns in her life with her mother dying when she was just seven. But she was brilliant and a musical genius. She taught herself any instrument she wanted. And Samuel Little was arrested and a grand jury declined to indict him for her murder. He later on went to say, when they brought her up, that he chose victims who were, in quotes, living on the fringes of society. Um, she had been close with her family, and her family missed her dearly when she disappeared. So, we're kind of not jumping around, but we are, in a way... Because while he was being investigated for Melinda LaPree's death, Samuel was try- being transferred to Florida. Um, and that was because he was on trial for the murder of a gal named Patricia Ann Mount. She was 26 years old and her body was found in September of 1982, which her body was found the month that he killed Melinda. Uh, Witnesses for the prosecution identified Samuel in court for spending time with Patricia the night before her disappearance. Somehow, Samuel was acquitted in January of 1984 because there was a mistrust in witnesses' testimonies. And you will kind of see throughout a little bit of this that he just... He either spent a little bit of time in prison or he was acquitted like it was it's like a Ted Bundy thing where they just he just kept he was almost caught and then kept getting away um so then because he was acquitted he moved to Cali to San Diego in October of 1984 Samuel was arrested for kidnapping beating and strangling Lori Barros who was 22 years old she survived badass bitch um november 1984 police found samuel in the backseat of his car with an unconscious woman and he was beaten and strangled this where they found him was the same location as where Lori had said her stuff had gone down and for this crime for both crimes for Lori and this gal samuel only spent two and a half years in prison for both crimes that's like a year and a quarter for one single one. I think I did that math right. 
He was released in February of 1987, where he moved to L.A. and ended up committing 10 more murders. In September, on September 5th of 2012, Samuel was arrested at a homeless shelter in Louisville, Kentucky, and extradited to California for a drug charge. That's it. That was it. Authorities used uh, genealogical DNA testing to confirm that he was involved in the murders of Carol Eileen Elford, and her date of death was 7, which is July, 13th, 1987, Guadalupe Diarte Apoca, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. If I'm not, I am so sorry. Date of death was September 31st, 1989, 1987. I'm so sorry. And then Audrey Nelson Everett and her um, date of death was August 14th, 1989. All three women were killed on, well, killed and then later found in the streets of L.A. This is where he was extradited to L.A. and charged. And then a few months later, police said Samuel was being investigated for the involvement in three dozen murders committed in the 1980s until they then they had been un undisclosed, like no one had known about them. And no one had been charged or even looked at for them until this time. Um, for Melinda, the case was reopened because of new circumstances, which took place in Mississippi. Now, Samuel was being investigated for the involvement for 93 murders of women in multiple states. Um, his trial, he was tried for the murders of Carol Elford, Audrey Nelson, and Guadalupe Apaca. I really hope I'm saying that right. That wasn't until September of 2014. He committed these murders in, in the 1980s, which is wild. Uh, prosecution presented DNA evidence as well as testimony of witnesses who were attacked by Samuel at different times throughout his criminal career. September 25th of 2014, the jury found Samuel Little guilty and sentenced him to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Samuel then tried to insist that he was innocent. And that's wild because... While he was incarcerated, which he was incarcerated at the California State Prison in L.A. County, he confessed to killing so many other women. So many. November 9th of 2018, he confessed to killing Melissa Thomas with strangulation. November 13th of 2018, he was charged with killing Denise Christie Brothers. She was from Ode Ode Odessa, oh my gosh, Texas, confessed to a Texas ranger in May of 2018, pled guilty on December 13th of 2018, and received a life sentence. It was also announced that Samuel had confessed to dozens of murders and may have committed more than 90 murders across 14 states from 1970 and 2005. On November 15th of 2018, Russell County an Alabama district attorney announced that Samuel had confessed to the 1979 murder of Brenda Alexander. She was only 23 years old, and she was found in Phoenix City. 
November 16th of 2018, Macon, Georgia sheriffs announced that Samuel had confessed to the murder of a woman who could not be identified. Said he killed her in 1977, and it was by strangulation. He also confessed on that day to killing uh, Fredona Smith, who was 18 years old, and by strangulation. He confessed to killing Dorothy Richard um, in 1982. She was 55 years old, and she was found in Huma, Louisiana. He confessed to killing Daisy McGuire, 1996, she was 40 years old, and she was found in the same town in Louisiana. He then, November 19th, 2018, Mississippi Sheriff Troy Peterson announced Samuel had confessed to killing Julia Critchfield, who was 36 years old, had died by strangulation, and was found in 1978 in Gulfport area. He dumped her body off a cliff. November 20th, 2018, Mississippi law enforcement um, in Lee County announced that Samuel had confessed to killing Nancy Carol Stevens. She was 46 years old. She was from Tupelo. Killed her in 2005, and the case was being brought to the grand jury in January 2019. On November 21st, 2018, Richard County, South Carolina, Authorities announced that Samuel had confessed to murdering Evelyn Weston and confessed to killing Rosie Hill. Evelyn was killed in 1978. She was 19 years old and she was found near Fort Jackson. Rosie was 20. She was found in Marion County, Florida, and she was killed in 1982. On November 27th of 2018, the FBI announced that a violent criminal apprehension program team confirmed 34 of the confessions that Samuel gave. They nonstop are working on the other on confirming the other confessions that Samuel has made, and this caused Samuel to make confessions in exchange for a transfer out of LA County Prison where he was being held. One of the confessions was for a cold case homicide in Prince George's County, Maryland, where half the homicide cases in Prince George County had unidentified victims. December 2018, Samuel was indicted on killing Linda Sue Boards, where he had strangled her. She was 23. She died May, ni- May 1981 in Warren County, Kentucky. She was found May 15, 1981 near U.S. Route 68. Another victim of Samuel's was identified as Martha Cunningham from Knox County, Tennessee. She was 34 years old, and she was killed in 1975. I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this correctly for a place in Ohio, so I'm sorry, especially to my husband and his family. Um, May 31st of 2019, Cuyahog County, Ohio prosecutors announced Samuel Little was being indicted with four counts of aggravated murder and six counts of kidnapping. He had killed, which this name is super strange to me, not because it's strange, but because it's Bailey's grandmother's name and my name. Killed Mary Jo Payton, which it's spelled the exact same way Mary Jo and I spell our names, in 1984. He had killed Rose Evans in 1991, both in Cleveland, Ohio, and they were both strangled and dumped. 
Rose Evans had been 32. She was found on August 24, 1991 in a vacant lot on the East 39th Street. She had left her hometown of Bingham, New York when she was 17. Mary Jo Payton wasn't identified until 1992, where anthropologists had to create a model of what she looked like, only identified when Cleveland put Mary Jo's thumbprint in an FBI database and got a match. Samuel had picked Mary Jo up at a bar near East 105th and Euclid Avenue, and Samuel had described her as short and plump and assumed she was in her mid-twenties and she had brown hair. Samuel then confessed to killing another woman from Cleveland in 1977 or 1978, found in May, on May 18th or March 18th, 1983 in Willoughby Hills. She was believed to be African-American, an age range of 17 and 35, which that's a huge age range in my opinion, but okay. She was found on a grassy slope just off 1270. 1271 i think or 12 one i 27 i don't this this is where my handwriting kind of sucks um a man was walking a dog and only found her skeleton with some clothing and jewelry remaining he confessed to killing one woman in akron ohio two in cincinnati where he dumped one in columbus and one woman he met in columbus but dumped her in kentucky one of the two women he had met in Columbus, but then dumped her in Kentucky, dumped the other one in Columbus, and then another one in Akron, so three in total. One of the Cincinnati women was identified as Anna Stewart. She was only 33, and she was dumped in Grove City. She had been last seen on um, October 6, 1981, and was getting out of a cab at a general hospital because she was visiting her sister. She was killed on October 11, 1981. He also admitted to killing the second Cincinnati woman between 1980 and 1999. Uh, he's, she's a Jane Doe. She's not been identified. She was between 15 and 50 years old, which that age gap is wild to me. She was last seen. Oh, sorry. She, her date of murder was unclear. Sorry. Don't know why I'm stumbling. Her the day she died is unclear. She was believed to be black and slender. She wore glasses. She lived in the over the Rhine night neighborhood or over the Rhine neighborhood in Cincinnati. And she lived with, in quotes, from what Samuel said, a heavy female Hispanic. She was done by a cigarette billboard in Ohio. On June 7, 2019, Samuel was indicted in Hamilton County, Ohio for all the Cincinnati murders. All of them. Samuel would draw his victims and FBI would release those photos in hopes that they could be identified. And at least one portrait has solved a case in Akron, Ohio. November of 2020, Samuel Little confessed to two Florida murders. One murder a man had been wrongfully convicted of. And he's still alive. He's doing life in prison. Now, that's pretty much the end. I am going to go over all the victims. I'm not going to go over, like, their locations. But I am going to go over their names, 
the day that they died and then any notes that Samuel had told police as well as if they were given sketches. So if it's not something that you want to hear, there's a lot, like one, two, one, two, three, four pages of victims and notes. Um, like not long notes, like really quick and easy. So if it's something that you don't really want to listen to, I will catch you next week for the episode on, I don't know if it's like, let me look at my, I actually, you're going to be proud of me. I actually put, let me quit, skip my pages, hold on. Sorry. Sorry. I wrote out a schedule to keep on track. So next week, we're going to talk about Maine. Um, March 9th, we're going to talk about Maryland. And then for St. Patty's Day, we're going to have like, I'm going to talk about the backstory of St. Patty's Day. So don't look it up. And then I'm going to talk about the like history of leprechauns. And depending on how long that is, we may talk about murder. So if you want to skip we can, we can talk next week about Maryland. If you want to stay and listen, I'm sure the victims would greatly appreciate it. And that's not to make you feel guilty. So, we're going to start with Anna Stewart. She was, her date of murder was October 11th, 1981. And then Mary Jo Payton she died on July 31st, 1984. Carol Elford died on uh, July 13th of 1987. Guadalupe Apod- Apodica? Apodica? I'm so sorry. Was um, September 31st of 1987. Audrey Nelson was August 14th of 1989. We have a Jane Doe who died between 1980 and 99. Um, Rose Evans was August 24th, 1991. And Denise Christie Brothers was February 2nd of 1994. Now, I think... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I think those eight girls were the only ones that he was indicted for the murders of um the ones that they know he killed but they did not they weren't able to put him on trial for it was mary Jo brosley she died on december 31st 1971 she was from homestead florida the notes that he said about her was that she was white and she was around 33 years old and he did draw her linda that's the name she was given. I don't think they know her actual name. Died in 1971. She was a black female around 22 years old, and he did provide a sketch. Marianne um, died between 1971 and 1972. She was transgender. She was black, and she was around 18 years old. He also provided a sketch. Now we have an unnamed female who was black. She was... She died somewhere between 1971 and 1972, and she was possibly associated with the Air Force. So, and she was stationed or she was living in Miami, Florida. So, if you know, if you have any family 
that went missing between 1971 and 1972, who was possibly associated with the Air Force or anything to do with the military. She lived in Miami, Florida during that time, and you have not heard from her since 1971 or 1972. I would hit hit the Miami police up. Then we have an unnamed white female. She went missing somewhere in 1972. She was from Prince George's County, Maryland. Now, she was believed to be between 20 and 25 years old, and his confession matched to, like, his whole confession and how it happened matched to this Jane Doe's case and how she died. Um, it, she could have been from Massachusetts, but he did provide a sketch. There's another unnamed white female who went missing in 1973 in Kendall, Florida. She was around 45 years old, possibly from Massachusetts. Both um, 1973 victims were believed to be named Sarah because there's another Sarah Brown in 1973 from New Orleans, Louisiana. Her age was unknown and she worked at a local restaurant on Canal Street. And then we got another unnamed black female. We have two. They both went missing in 1974. One was from Savannah, Georgia. The other one was from Cincinnati, Ohio. Our Savannah, Georgia gal was believed to be 22 or 23 years old, and he did provide a sketch. Our gal from Cincinnati, her age was unknown. Her body was found in Columbus. He did provide a sketch, and police and authorities are still actively working on this case specifically. In 1970, the mid-1970s, a gal who they named Emily was found dead. She was in Miami, Florida. And her notes that he gave was that she was a black female between 23 and 24 years old, and she maybe worked at the University of Miami. I don't believe a sketch was provided. Then we have two more unnamed black women. One died in 1975 from Tennessee. She was around 25 years old, not a sketch provided. Our other gal was died between 1976 and 1977 in Wichita Falls, Texas. Her age was unknown and the disposal location of her body was unspecified and it was stated to be she was found near the city. A sketch though for her was provided. And then we have a Jane Doe who they called Joe. She was found, her date of death was between 1976 and 1979 in Granite City, Illinois. She was a black female around 26 years old, and he may have picked her up in St. Louis. He provided a sketch for her. Then we have another unnamed black female. She went missing between 1976 to 1979, or she died in 1993, like they don't know. Um, She was found in Houston, Texas. Her age was unknown, but a sketch was provided. We have another unnamed black female who died, we have two that died in 1977. One in Macon, uh, Georgia, and the other one in Mascagoula, Mississippi. Don't know if that's right. Um, Our gal from Georgia was uh, either 30 to 40 years old, and his confession matched to her case, but he couldn't give a name. And then our second gal from Mississippi was between 35 and 45 years old, He possibly had met her in Gulfport, but native to Pascola and worked in, worked at Ingalls Shipyard, and his confession matched her case. 
and the sketch was provided. We have another unnamed black female from 1977 or 1978 was when she died. She was from Cleveland, Ohio. Her age was unknown and authorities are still working on her case. On June 2nd, 2019, she was identified as being a petite black female between 20 and 35 years old. He had dumped her body down a grassy slope near a fence in a wooded area just off of I-271. That's what it was. I-271 from previous. Um, in Willoughby Hills, Ohio. And he she was found in 1983 around 17 to 24 years old is what they believe. Which is contradicting to the other notes that I had for 20 to 35 years old because that is from two different sources, I will say. Uh, Patricia Parker was, uh, her date of death was between 1980 and 1981. She was from Georgia. She was between 25 and 30 years old. Her con- or Samuel's confession matched her case again. October 8th of 2020... Hamilton County, Tennessee Sheriff's uh, deputies identif- or department identified Patricia by a DNA t- match. And then we have one, two, three unnamed black females. Um, the first one went missing or died in 1977 to 1982. She was from Charleston, Georgia. She was 28 years old and a sketch was provided. Our second gal was from Plant City, Florida, and she died between 1977 and 1978. Her age was unknown, but they did meet in Clearwater, Florida, and a sketch was provided. Our third gal was from Gulfport, Mississippi, and she was around 22. The dates that she was missing slash murdered could be anywhere between 1980 and 1984. We have another unidentified black female. She died in 1981 in Atlanta, Georgia, and she was around 35 to 40 years old. He did provide a sketch for her. We have an unnamed white female. She was murdered in 1982. Oh, sorry, my nail just hit the microphone. Um, 1982 in New Orleans, Louisiana. Her age is unknown. A sketch was provided. Then we have another unnamed white female. She went missing or was murdered between 1983 and 1984 from Atlanta, Georgia. And she was around 26 years old, uh, may have been from Georgia, or Griffin, Georgia. He did provide a sketch. I don't know, I just yawned there. Oh my gosh. I think it's because I've been up since 6 o'clock, and Bailey and I didn't go to sleep till like 11, I think, because we were finishing up the movie Devotion, which is a really, really good movie. And Bailey's like, oh, it's a feel-good movie. You'll cry at the end. I cried. Anyway, um, then we have another unnamed female. No sort of skin color was given. We don't know if she was white or if she was black, but she was murdered in 1984 near Columbus, Ohio. Her age is unknown, and authorities are still working on her case. Her body was dumped, though, in northern Kentucky. We have another unnamed black woman from 1984, possibly from Atlanta, Georgia. She was 23 to 25 years old and believed to be a college student. Sketch was provided. We have an unnamed 
white woman who was also missing in 1984 and murdered from northern Kentucky. Her age was unknown, maybe picked up from Columbus, Ohio. A sketch was provided. Priscilla Baxter Jones went missing between or was murdered between 1984 and the 1990s. She was from West Memphis, Arkansas. She was between 28 and 29 years old. She could have been picked up in Memphis, Tennessee. He did provide a sketch. Confession to a known Jane Doe case of family of Zena Maria Jones uh, recognized the sketch and said it was their missing relative. And a man named Anthony Jones said the sketch looked like his mom, Priscilla Baxter Jones, and she was killed in 1997. Samuel confessed to her murder and dumped her body in the Mississippi River. We have an unnamed black female. She went missing in 1984 from San Bernardino, California. She was between 18 to 23 years old. A sketch was not provided. We have two other unnamed black females, both missing in 1984. One was from Fort Myers, Florida, and the other was from Tampa Bay, Florida. Both ages were unknown. Fort Myers, Florida gal was not given a sketch, but Tampa Bay, Florida gal was given a sketch. Then in 1984, uh, Frances Campbell had been murdered. She was from Savannah, Georgia. She was 23 years old, and Samuel is suspected of asking Frances um, on a date in 1984. Her body was found in 1985 on top of a pile of debris from the construction of I-516. Uh, 516, however you want to say it. Savannah police matched Samuel's description to a missing persons case. A Catham County grand jury indicted Samuel in in December of 2019 for Francis Campbell's murder. Okay, so now we have three unnamed black females. They all went missing or were murdered in 1987, and they were all from Los Angeles, California. Our first gal's age is unknown. Our second gal's age is unknown. Our third gal's age is around 19, and there were no sketches provided for either, any three of those girls. Then in 1987, police found who they called Granny. Um, she was also from Los Angeles, California. She was a black female, and she was around 50. And I do not believe a sketch was provided. We have another unnamed black female who went, who was found murdered in 1987, also in Los Angeles, California. She was around 22 or 23, and a sketch was not provided. We have another black unnamed black female who went missing in 1987, also from Los Angeles, California. She was around 26 or 27, and a sketch was provided. We have another unnamed black female who went missing between or was murdered between 1987 and the early 1990s. She was from Monroe, Louisiana. She was 24 years old and a sketch had been provided for her. Now we have an unnamed Hispanic female. She was murdered between 1988 or 1996. She was from Phoenix, Arizona. She was in her 40s, uh, may have been native to the area and a sketch had been provided. Jolanda Jones went missing in 1994. She was from Pine Bluff, Arkansas, and she was 26. A sketch was not provided. Alice, who the police named their Jane Doe that, was found dead between 1990 and 1991, like when she was murdered, from LA, California. 
and she was a black female who was around 40 to 45 years old. A sketch was not provided. Roberta Tondrich was murdered in 1991 from Akron, Ohio. Her age is unknown, and authorities are working on her case. And he was indicted in October 2019. We have another unnamed black female from 1991 from LA, California. She was around 20 to 22 years old. She may have been originally from Phoenix. We have two more unnamed black females who went missing. In, our first gal went, was murdered in 1992. Our second gal was murdered between 1992 and 1993. And they were also from Los Angeles, California. Our first gal's age is unknown, but Samuel did provide a sketch. Our second gal was between 24 and 25 years old and may have been from Phoenix. To my knowledge, or our second... Our first unnamed female from 1992, her age was unknown. Our second gal that went was dead from 1992-1993, her age was unknown, but Samuel provided a sketch. Then we have an unnamed Hispanic female who went missing between 1992 and 1993, and she was from L.A., California. She was 24 to 25 years old and may have been from Phoenix. We have another unnamed black female who died between 1992 and 1993, from North Little Rock, Arkansas. Her age is unknown, and I don't believe a sketch was provided. We have another unnamed black female. She was missing from 1996, and, or she, that's when they found her. She died in 1996 from Los Angeles, California. She Her ages ranged from 23 to 25. A sketch was not provided. Then, Team Money was found in 1996 from Los Angeles. Angeles, California. She was a black female between 23 and 24 years old. Sketch was not provided. Then we have an unnamed white female from 1996 from Los Angeles, California, between 23 and 25 years old, and a sketch was provided. Then we have an unnamed black female murdered in 1996 from LA, California. She was around 25 years old. A sketch was not provided. Anne, who police ended up naming their Jane Doe, went, was murdered in 1997 um, from Phoenix, Arizona. And she was a white female. Her age is unknown, and Samuel provided a sketch. Now, I do want to say that I said unnamed black female a lot, like not identified. But most of the white women were identified. And I know I said in earlier cases typically white white people in general their cases are taken more seriously than people of color any person of color black hispanic especially if their job has something to do with it and if those girls had been sex workers they're not they're not going to look into and that's just the really sad thing about our justice system because no matter your skin color, sex workers are usually looked down on and police are like, well, that's the lifestyle. Like, they're always moving. They're always doing stuff. She's probably, she probably just ran away or she's missing. But then you put skin color into it and white sex workers, their deaths are still going to be looked more into than someone with a different skin color than them. And it breaks my heart because we should just, people are being murdered just figure out who 
fuck killed them and take it seriously. You know what I mean? I am happy. I know I mentioned earlier that he's still alive, he's still in jail, things like that. But things aren't going smoothly for him. For a man who was strangling women and killing them, he now is in a wheelchair. He's wheelchair bound. He has diabetes and he has a heart condition. And I bet you they take better care of him in jail. And I bet he has access to insulin, unlike people who don't kill people. Um, my grandma's diabetic, and she told me without her insurance, her insulin for one month would be $1,000. No thank you. No thank you. So if anyone deserves, I hope this doesn't come out wrong, but if anyone deserves to not have insulin, it's him. Like, why does he get free insulin? Unless he doesn't. You tell me about that. But I feel like he would get free insulin because I don't think he has any kids. I, he, I don't know what happened to his mom. Like, nothing. Like, a lot of these things are just unknown. And this ended up being a really long episode. And that's probably because I talked for, like, eight minutes at the beginning. So, so sorry. Um, but that is it for Samuel Little. And I hope to see you back next week, my spooky bitches. Love you.